I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I look like Einstein's gardener. Shit, that's what I have. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Is this the second time that's happened, I think, total? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, all right, I'll I'll just go with something else. Yeah, go with something else. And I'm Obstinetsky, and I just can't take the disappointment anymore. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 10, Episode 7, The Ugly Section, which originally aired on March 1st, 2020. Av, uh, have the Jets improved uh, in the last two years since this episode aired? Um, I guess they've improved on paper um, in terms of like they seem to be better run. I don't I don't anticipate that that will uh, necessarily lead to better results. But um, I would say there's probably more hope for the Jets now than there was when this episode aired, which is a weird thing to say since they went four and 13 last year and two and 14 the year before. <laughs> well, the, you know, that I guess that's sometimes how it works in the NFL, right? It takes yeah. a couple of really bad years. To, uh, say, since the episode around. aired, I said, have they gotten better? They've got six and 27 and your answer right. is yes. So. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this episode. I thought this was a great episode. Yeah, it is. It is a really uh, fun episode. Um, and yeah, very, uh, very personal as well. Um, of course, yeah. my magical vagina. Yes. <laughs> all right shall we uh jump right in yeah we'll jump in in a second but just a reminder we talked uh last week about uh. the possibility of doing uh some sort of live get together show um when we uh when we wrap up in uh probably about six weeks from now or a month um so we got we got some uh we got some feedback from some people um we're gonna include that link again in the show notes we'll tweet it out again um if you're interested just please let us know that way we could figure out whether this is something that we should do and uh make sure to respond as soon as possible otherwise we'll have no choice but to seat you in the ugly section so you don't want that to happen so just uh yeah just get that in uh let us know if uh, you think you might be in the area you think you might want to attend and uh you know then we'll decide whether or not this is something that's uh, worth doing Sure. But until then, uh, we got uh, four episodes to go, including this week. So let's get to it. So we start out with Larry and Jeff on the golf course. They're playing with Lewis and a new fellow named Carl, who we're meeting today. Can we talk about Richard's hat for a second? <laughs> sure, we can. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't He's recall. wearing this ridiculous Ohio State hat that looks like they took it out of the box like four seconds before they started filming. Like it's oh, completely it flat brim, which, you know, flat brim is sort of in now. That's how the kids wear it. Yeah. yeah. It, but I don't understand why Richard's wearing this hat. I mean, I, I guess they're filming outside. And you need a hat like they didn't have one. So it, it's a very strange choice, though. Yeah, maybe his maybe it was like windy that day on set and like his hair was blowing all over the place. So he just wore the hat. So that yeah. shot didn't look ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jeff not wearing a hat. The other three are. So, yeah, interesting. Well, Jeff's got that beautiful head of hair. So. Yeah, yeah, he wants to highlight that. Yeah, got to show that off at all times. Um, I mean, that that's and, the only way he's staying out of the ugly section, I think. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, their uh, game seems to have come to an end. And uh, Larry and Jeff owe $500 each to Lewis and Carl. Uh, Larry can't believe how well Lewis has been putting today and, you know, notes how lucky he's been. But uh, time to pay up. Um, Lewis uh, offers to take Larry and Jeff to the to the out for lunch. Uh, you know his treat, given all the money he's just won from them, and they uh, the valet brings his car around, and it turns out that Lewis is now driving a brand new Bentley, which uh, Larry and Jeff are very surprised by. Um, you know they they start making kind of like negative comments, making fun of him, like oh like look at the big shot, and Lewis just accuses them of being jealous. Uh, but Larry's like, I'm not jealous. I like, I honestly just think you're going to get robbed, like driving around in this thing. You know, you're making yourself into an easy target. And, uh, Larry just, you know, still can't believe that Lewis like didn't miss a putt all day. He just can't believe Lewis's luck and, uh, how it, uh, how he ended up, you know, that they owe him this money now. And, uh, it's all, uh, all very unfortunate for Larry. So we're going to cut ahead to lunch at uh, Teatos. We're going to be spending a lot of time in this episode at Teatos. Yes. And uh, everyone is comparing notes on uh, how often they uh, bump uglies with the uh, with the wife or uh, in Larry's case, the ex-wife. And and Larry's claim of four times a week, I find very hard to believe. Cheryl was not exactly a, a horn dog from what we knew about her. She wasn't a horn dog, but um, yeah, I feel like neither of them had much else going on. So, like, <laughs> sometimes they probably just, like, did it just because, like, passed the time. Yeah. Well, not during the daytime. We know that, though. Not during the daytime, but, yeah. for sure. But, there's, <laughs> there, you know, that still leaves half the time of the day. Okay. Yeah. It's 12 hours available. Um, I guess maybe not in the summer, but, uh, you know, you make up for it in the winter. Um, yeah. So, um Jeff and uh, Jeff and Carl are more in the the once of the week variety, uh, which was a shame in Carl's case because his wife has a magical vagina. Mm, yeah, and I'll um, say once a week is not terrible though, considering that they were living separate lives by that point already. Yeah, but you know, if if there's a magical vagina in play, you really don't want to limit it to once a week. I mean, well, you got to sure, get in yeah. on that magic. Yeah. Now, also, probably all four of them are lying. But... <laughs> Um, uh, so everyone's like, uh, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And he's like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. They're like, you can't just drop magical vagina and then, you know, not elaborate. Yes. And, um, he, what he, what he explains is that it has a sort of hummingbird effect and has a mind of its own, which I still don't know <laughs> what he's talking about. Um, and unfortunately we never really will learn, uh, what's going on here. This is kind of like the move. Yeah, but we get multiple like different accounts of its of its magic, right? Yeah, of its magical powers. So it's confirmed. I mean, Sam will confirm later that it's and Sam didn't know about the previous narrative. So no, he had no, no reason he, to say that. he he was yeah he was going to come yeah, two independent sources. He, so this can be published we, in the New York Times. Magic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so Carl uh, Carl's looking on his phone, and all of a sudden he gets very pissed off because he seems to have gotten some sort of uh, news alert that Jets running back Le'Veon Bell is out for the season. Um, which, uh, in retrospect, it wasn't actually bad news necessarily. For well, yeah, I mean, this Carl is a complete moron. Like to think that the season is over because of Le'Veon Bell. Like running backs don't matter. We know. This. Come on, Carl. <laughs> Um, and they're like, come on, Carl, calm down. It's just football. Don't take it so seriously. He's like, just football. What are you talking about? <laughs> football is everything. Like, yeah. he's, you know, goes crazy, tells them, don't, whatever, don't worry about me. Go eat their lunch. And Jeff's like, calm down. It's not like they're the Patriots. Like, of course they're going to be bad. Like, this isn't changing anything. They were bad. They're still going to be bad. Just like, get on with your day. This didn't actually ruin anything. 
And um, as they're talking, Larry has been uh, looking around the restaurant, and it starts to dawn on him that the other side of the restaurant is filled with exclusively attractive-looking people. And as he looks at the uh, the men that he is seated with and those at the tables around them, uh, our side of the, of the restaurant seems to be filled with exclusively ugly-looking people. And he's like, what's going on here? And, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, the, uh, the other uh, members of the party are uh, a little confused at first. Um, you know, Larry's, you know, saying how, you know, I, I regret coming with you guys. If only I had come by myself, I'd be in the good section. Uh, at which point, uh, Lewis uh, tells Larry that much like Chester, he looks like Einstein's gardener. Which I don't even know what this, uh, <laughs> this reference is. I mean, I guess the implication is Einstein was ugly, so his gardener was more ugly. I don't know. Uh, what do they even mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, gardeners compl- aren't known to be unattractive. And by the <laughs> right, way, Einstein and- wasn't unattractive either. And, and even if he was, like, what does that have to do with what his gardener looks like? Yeah. Um, I mean, my bigger issue with the ugly section concept is like celebrity trumps ugly, right? So like, even if Carl and Jeff are nobodies, and Carl, you know, having been married uh, to beautiful Veronica with a magical vagina, must have been a somebody, but like. Richard is a famous comedian and Larry's pretty famous. He's the fatwa guy. You know, he's the Seinfeld guy. He's the producers. So like, you know, I- I'm very surprised. Like, I feel like a table with Richard Lewis and Larry David is getting set, uh, you know, in the most prominent section, no matter how ugly they or their, uh, you know, lunchmates are. Yeah, um, you would think, but yeah. alas. Yeah, but Nick um, Wall doesn't care about fame. He just cares about beauty. Exactly. Yeah. He's um, he's not so vain as to care about uh, the power of celebrity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Larry calls over the manager and he's like, what's going on here? Why are you, why did you see all the, all the beautiful people on one side and all the ugly people on the other side? He's like, what are you talking about? Why would we do that? And then Larry's like, you tell me, you're the ones who did it. Uh, but the manager's not fessing up. He says, there's no such rule in place. They would never do such a thing. Uh, so yeah, so Larry goes into the bathroom and he sees, uh, that this, uh, this is one of those restaurants that has, uh, a man working in the bathroom to, uh, hand out mints and, uh, and the like. Yeah. And he's like, okay, uh, you have to leave. Like, I can't, uh, I can't do what I need to do with you here. Um, I need some privacy. And the guy's like, sorry, like, this is my job. Like, I have to stand here. Like people, uh, you know, people need me here. And he's like, no, no, I assure you everyone, every time somebody comes into this bathroom and they see you, they're immediately disappointed. And guys, like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you devaluing what I do? You know, I have all these great products. I got mouthwash. I got mints. I got uh, perfumes. I got colognes. I got all sorts of great stuff. People love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, what is your take on the bathroom attendant? Um, I, I like the stuff. I'm not a fan of the attendant because, like, A, like, I... Nobody is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to tip this guy. Like, yeah, like, you walk he, into like, the bathroom they... and you immediately are frustrated and disappointed <laughs> when you see that guy every time. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Larry here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's, I'm, I'm never anticipating it so it's not like I, I i need it or want it like if like there's like free stuff like fine like i'll you maybe i'll use like the cologne or whatever but like i certainly don't want to pay for it yeah i um i was in a uh club in atlanta once and i was uh and i was there with a group of my friends from from philadelphia from penn where i went to school and penn is right next to drexel is another school like with mm-hmm. a campus right next to ours and for whatever reason i was making a small talk with the bathroom attendant and it turns out he had gone to drexel um so anyways fast forward a couple hours later and i come back into the bathroom again and as i come in the bathroom attendant was busy selling some weed to like some other guy but when the other guy saw me i guess maybe i looked like an arc i don't know he like freaked out and walked out and like and like quickly left the bathroom and the bathroom got all pissed off me and he said oh man just another example of people from penn fucking up a drexel guy's shit so (laughs) that's a bathroom attendant i could get behind yeah which i thought was a very funny line well i i feel like bathroom attendants uh 
may have other things than merely the items that are uh, displayed on the counter. I would guess. Uh, I suppose. But yeah, but um, he, he, I, he just had a great line. He uh, accused me of being a, uh, uh, you know, fucking up the Drexel man's shit. So that's right. Yeah, I that's apologize what, to everyone from Drexel. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, Lowry tells yeah, him that. Plus one to pen. Yeah. Uh, Larry tells him that when an animal goes to die, it leaves the pack. And that's what needs to happen here. He needs to be alone because Larry is the dying animal going to do his thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like to say to come at it from the perspective of like, I can't shit when you're in here. That's fine. But where Larry gets unnecessarily obnoxious is being like, you have a miserable job and you should hate yourself. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Even though he may be correct. You but, serve no purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just the main issue is like you have to dig into your pocket and tip the guy. You know, it's it's awkward. Yeah. Uh, so far, Larry first offers him $20. Uh, the guy doesn't agree at first. So that at that point, Larry offers him a cup of coffee and a scone every day for a week. Yeah. To which the guy finally agrees, telling him to make it quick. Mm. Yeah. It being the poop. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut over to Latte Larry's, where Larry is interviewing uh, Sam Wienicker, son of Dr. Wienicker, played by mm. Ed Begley. Um, and Sam and, you know, is played by Skylar Gisando. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, who um, plays the son in Righteous Gem- Gemstones. Oh, OK. I have not seen that show. Oh, it's a good I show. I recognize him. It's, it's the best of all the Danny McBride shows with the acknowledgement that all Danny McBride shows are kind of similar. But this is the best one. Yeah, I despise Danny McBride. Mm. OK. Anyways, um, the only th- thing's a good show. Yeah. The only thing I like of him liked of him was in uh, that one scene in uh What's it called? This is the end where he uh, makes the breakfast. Oh, I don't remember that, but I liked him in that. Um, oh, he's in Licorice Pizza. That's where I'm recognizing him from. Who? Skylar, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else that I recognize him from? No, it doesn't look like it. Oh, he was in Spider-Man? I don't remember that. All right. Um, so, yeah. So he's interviewing. Uh, Larry's interviewing Sam to uh, whether or not he could come work in the coffee shop. And he he asks uh, he asks him some like very basic questions about coffee, and he seems to pass the test. Uh, Leon looking on says this kid knows his shit. Uh, he then asks him whether or not he's going to be able to deal with people, specifically the type of people that are going to be coming in. And he's like, well, yeah, well, you know, I've I've worked in my dad's office. I've had to deal with patients. You know, I'm pretty good with people. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. The people that you're going to have to deal with that come into this coffee house are going to be nothing like those people. They're going to be disgusting human beings, vile, yeah. vulgar, the dregs of society. God. Uh, yeah, Larry, uh, not very pro his clientele. Yeah. Uh, but Sam, I'm not surprised that he hates them. I'm just surprised <laughs> that he thinks that they in particular are going to be the worst. Um, so, you know, Sam, uh, Sam says he's up to the task and uh, Larry offers him the job. And uh, Sam notices that Larry seems to be scratching a rash and he asks Larry about it. And, you know, Larry gives him some of the details and he immediately diagnoses it, pr- prescribes a topical cream. And uh, Larry's like, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think I'd rather go see your dad. Like, you know, he is actually a doctor and, you know, Larry has to weigh doctor. Son of doctor, um, but they, uh, you know, they shake hands and uh, well, hold on. Comes- you, you missed the best line, which is that Larry says he wants to go see a doctor. Uh, Larry says he wants to go see his father. And Sam says, can I ask why? <laughs> <laughs> and then Larry, which to me is like among the most insane statements in the show's history. <laughs> Wait, I don't think he's an asshole. I just think he's a moron. Like, but the crazier part is Dr. Wienicker's reaction later in the <laughs> right. episode, which is like. There's no doctor who would ever say this. It would like diminish the importance of their study and experience. Like, oh, anybody can do it. It's in the blood. <laughs> um, Although, of so, course, yeah. it turns out that Sam is, you know, completely correct. But, you know, 
Yeah, so Larry, uh, Larry's walking. He at his uh, jacket gets caught on one of the cabinet handles, which uh, this same thing happens to me all the time in my kitchen with yeah. my pants. Like it's the pant pocket will get like caught on it. It's very frustrating. Very annoying. Um, Leon, Leon is uh, very worried that uh, spillages like that can really affect the business, and they agree that they need to improve the handles and get new ones. Suddenly, Harold, the bathroom attendant from the other day, comes in, and he tells Larry that he got fired, and it's his fault because it was because he left his post that his boss fired him. And he asks Larry if uh, he would please go talk to the boss and try to make things right since, you know, after all, he did uh, cause this. Yeah. And Larry says – I don't understand why Harold was fired. Like his job is to service the customers, which he was doing. Like the customer said, can you step outside for a second while I drop a deuce? And Nick Kroll is just an asshole basically. Um, Yeah, I guess. Although, you know, I kind of hear both sides where it's like if, you know, he – you know, he's standing outside. The manager walks by. He's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, the customer told me to Well, if there's others coming in, then he's got to be there. But if he's the only guy in there, then he's like – he asked me to step outside. And until someone else comes in, I'm going to, you know, honor his request. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Larry tells him, you know, this is really a blessing in disguise because now you know how you no longer have to work in that palace of shame. Yes. <laughs> uh, Leon asks Harold if he has any real vibes, of course, of, of Kramer's mother, Babs. Yeah, and he does. Um, and uh, Harold Harold hands over some some mints, and uh, Leon gives him a tip. And Larry says that's for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry's in on that. Um, all right, so we're gonna let's pull up a clip for our next scene. As we pull that up, did you listen? I know you've done this in the past for season 10. Did you listen to the Rob and Akiva podcast on this one? I did. Oh, okay. so, uh, you know, between the Wienerkers and disappointed Jets fans, this must have been right up the alley. Uh, yeah, this was clearly uh, Keeve's favorite episode of the season at the time. And yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it was uh, Josh uh, was on as well. And he was just trying to keep up on all the sports talk. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, this, uh, this def- definitely right up uh, their alley, as you said. All right, now we're going to head back to Larry's house uh, with Larry and Leon. Okay. I can't stop thinking about that magical vagina. You use the word magical? That's taking that shit to another level. I want to see what the fuck that is. Yeah, me too. That fucking vagina could pull a rabbit out of that motherfucker. Or, like, put this fucking Pop-Tart in that fucking vagina and toast that shit. (laughs) There you go. I like that Leon's first thought is like it can do like an, when he says magic, it's like oh it could do a magic trick. Yeah, <laughs> pull hats, pull rabbits out. That's, that's a magical, magical vagina. That's, that's magical. exactly right. Huh? Hello. Hey, did you hear about Carl? Carl, what? He uh, he killed himself. Oh my god. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. It's unbelievable. I mean, he was he was playing great. What are they shooting? <laughs> shot like 82 or something. How do you kill yourself when you're playing so well? I know. Did you leave a note? Yeah. He said, I can't take any more disappointment. Holy shit. The hell's he talking about? Holy shit. I can't take any more disappointment. That's what he used to say when we watched the Jets games together. I can't take any more disappointment. That's an exact quote. Really? Jeff, I've seen that guy sob after losses. During games, I've seen him sob. Who knew he was so tortured? And they just kept losing, and he kept eating at him and eating at him. And he just, he couldn't take any more disappointment. Oh, my God. The Jets killed Carl. And a little bit of the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to send Veronica a condolence text. 
<laughs> a little bit of the Knicks is I, I love that. That's such a good line. It's amazing. <laughs> a little bit of the Knicks. <laughs> Did you have a number? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna text her one too. Okay. You think the Ra- the Rangers and the Mets might have been responsible also, but Carl, the guy whose wife has the Mets vagina, fan. he killed himself. I think well, Larry is a Yankees fan. Oh, Carl, 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 Carl. Yeah, Carl, we don't know who Carl is. Condolence text to the widow. Oh, man. Dear Veronica, just heard about Carl. So sorry. <sighs> what else? I need something else. Try and make the, uh, the best of it. Oh. I don't know. I can't come up with a third line. Maybe you can write, I wish your magical vagina could have saved him. <laughs> Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Would love to get a glimpse of mm. that magical vagina. And if it's possible, I can test drive that motherfucker. We have many questions. <laughs> many questions. My friend and I have many questions about your magical vagina. Yes. One day, perhaps you'll get around to answering them. When it's appropriate. I fucking love that. Great. It's to the point. It's short. So, yeah, so... Carl killed himself. It was the Jets, a little bit of the Knicks. Um, yeah, I mean... I would like to think that he's a Mets fan because I honestly think that Yankees fans don't really have standing to, uh, to be, upset you know, about like else. be miserable Jets fans. Right. Like, yeah. you're fine. Uh, yeah, I have like – I had a, someone I used to work for who was like a big uh, Bills and Sabres fan and he used to like always like, – you know, we used to always commiserate over like our uh, miserable sport franchise. And then I found out that he's a Yankees fan and I'm like, oh, fuck that. Like, yeah, exactly. You, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. I just can't get over the fact that, like, the, the straw that broke the camel's back here was the injury of a running back. Yeah, like, well, I, I would argue because... Carl is a moron who doesn't deserve to live anyway. Running back don't matter, <laughs> Carl, okay? Um, the, the come with guy is the gun or, or prescription yes. pills that Carl uses. Yes, t- uh, t- to t- took one stupid sports fan out of the picture. Yeah. Um... So we head back to the golf course. Uh, Larry is uh, going through his clubs when Dr. Weoker comes up to him and he's like, hey, did you hear about Carl? Um, Larry tells him he did and uh, tells Weenaker it happened because of the Jets. And Weenaker's like, this is so terrible. What a catastrophe. And Larry's like, I know what you mean. Last year started with such promise and then Darnold gets mono. Season's over by game three. Uh, he's like, no, I was talking about, you know, Carl and Veronica. Like, Carl, Veronica's a widow now. Um, yeah, not, not the Jets. Um, he, the doctor then asks him about the rash and he's offended that Larry didn't yes. just take Sam's advice and Larry's like well that's because he's not a doctor and uh, Winokur uh, takes a look at it and says okay what you got here is atopic dermatitis and you should take uh, you know this medication and he's like well what did Sam tell you and he's like he said the same exact thing and Winokur's like yeah you see you should just listen to him it runs in the blood Yes, I'm offended that you valued my expertise and experience. Yes, um, Larry uh, is then eavesdropping on uh, Jimmy, one of the golf pros nearby, and he's talking to some of the other players on the course about he some says, golf stuff. A shaft in itself is not a club. <laughs> oh, um, is, but... Yeah, it seems like some sort of generic lie that yeah. uh, doesn't make any sense. Um, he walks up to Jimmy. He's like, "Hey, it seems like you know your shit." And um, he asks him whether or not there are any like sp- specific rules for like how a putter is supposed to be. And Jimmy tells him that a putter can't be completely straight. It needs to have at least 10 degrees of tilt, or otherwise you would be disqualified for using it. Yeah, and I feel like this kind of thing happens in real golf every once in a while, where, like, some guy gets caught with, like, an illegal – and he's like, oh, it was a mistake. It was supposed to be in my bag. I was just using it for practice. And I'm like, 
why are you even like, why are they making or why are you ever playing if you're a professional with these illegal clubs in the first place? Um, yeah, that's certainly a good question. I mean, the answer is because you're trying to cheat and then you give some bullshit. <laughs> right, oh, I got caught on the get here. Like, yeah, sure. Same thing with like the cork bats and all the stuff. Yeah. How did this illegal thing get into my bag? Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Larry goes looking through the lockers, see what he could find. And um, he's told by one of the, uh, I guess, caddies, I don't know what the right word is, uh, that uh, Richard Lewis always takes his golf clubs home with him. He doesn't leave them in the club. And Larry was like, that's weird. Is that normal? He's like, no, very unusual. Nobody else does that. He's the only one mm. to which Larry says, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch uh, Better Call Saul yesterday or this week? Uh, yeah. yeah, I watched this week. Yes. <laughs> I like to say clear my entire week i must start an investigation <laughs> um yeah i should do that i should clear my week yeah it'd be nice to have a free week just to focus yeah. on no, uh, that, that's what partners do they clear the entire week yes <laughs> i'm gonna be very busy yeah. um I gotta, okay. box, I gotta box this guy <laughs> um back to tiatos um where larry uh, goes up to the manager tells him he's got a, res- a reservation under larry david to be seated near the window and the manager uh, looks them over and tells them that there are no tables available on that side, but we do have a lovely table available on this side of the restaurant. And uh, as they walk over the table, Larry's uh, peering at all the grotesque-looking people yes. that on the side that they have been relegated to. Rough call for all those actors. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What was the, uh, yeah, the, the call sheet here? says? Uh, we're looking for a bunch of ugly people to be on curb enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, Larry, record, I will happily be on curb and sit in the ugly section. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I do like, by the way, they have a literal machitza of plants between the two sections. Oh, that's nice. I didn't even notice that. That's yeah. Funny. So uh, just, so in um, traditional Orthodox Jewish uh, synagogues and, and, and religious ceremonies, the men and the women sit separately. And the, the thing that separates them is called the machitza. And oftentimes at, at weddings and at um, non-synagogue functions, it's it's very liberally defined. And oftentimes they'll just put a couple of potted plants in between them. And that's what they have at this restaurant also. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he then asks uh, Nick Kroll why he fired Harold, and he tells him, well, it's because Harold left the bathroom uh, at your request, and I can't fire you, but I can <laughs> fire Harold. Although he desperately wants it. Yeah. Um, Larry just can't believe it. Look where I wound up in life, the ugly section. You know, my entire life I suspected that I was ugly, but I never had proof, and now I finally do. Jeff's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're being ridiculous. And Larry just starts shouting out, how did I wind up here? Oh, my God. Yeah, and um, here's the my issue. Like, Larry says he never had proof he was ugly before. Like, we just had the whole Uber rating uh, issue in the previous season. Um, the yeah, evidence was there, Larry. The evidence was there. He yeah. just, uh, you weren't looking for the right yeah. signs. <laughs> so, yeah, so we go to Carl's uh, funeral slash burial. And uh, Larry spots Lewis there, and he asks him why he takes his uh, clubs home with him. And Lewis tells him, well, I just don't, you know, they're my lucky cubs. I don't want them to get stolen. And it's just like, there's no such thing. That's never happened. There's, you know, that's, not, that's never been the case. And uh, Larry wants to know, Lewis, does your putter meet specifications? And Lewis is like, of course it does. And Larry says, okay, but cause, just because you know, the tilt on a putter can't be more than 80 degrees. Hmm. Or has to be less than 80 degrees. I don't know. Something with 80 degrees. Um, and uh, Larry tells him that we're going to come by and we're going to measure the angle uh, to make sure that you're not cheating, uh, to which Lewis calls them sore losers. Yeah. Larry then uh, spots Veronica and um, notes that she is now available and uh, is wondering how long he may have to wait before making a move. Uh, Jeff says, regular vagina, I would wait a year, but magical vagina, you can cut that down to six months. 
Yeah. Uh, Larry's uh, thinking more in the uh, in the realm of six minutes, and uh, he uh, he says he's going to go over to uh, sit next to Veronica and wish her some condolences. Uh, which he does, and Veronica really appreciates and tells him that uh, Carl would have been so happy that so many of his friends came, especially his golf friends. And she is just like so thrown off by the suicide. Like she doesn't know where this came from. And she's wondering, did Carl seem unusual when they last met? Anything that would indicate this? And Larry tells her, well, he was very disappointed because of the jests. Because of the jets. And she tells him, the jets, the fucking jets, they ruined our marriage. We had to paint our room green. One night, he just woke up and started yelling, Watson, Watson. And I don't even know what that is. Is that like some sort of Sherlock Holmes reference? And Larry's like, I think that's probably a reference to Deshaun Watson, who the Jets passed on in the draft in 2017. Yeah, no, this is very strange very reference. Strange for, yeah. Um, first of all, like 11 teams passed on Deshaun Watson. Um, it'd be more noteworthy to say Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, also the Jets technically passed on and, you know, went two spots ahead of Watson in that draft. But also like, you know, when you think of teams that like fucked up by passing on Watson and Mahomes in that draft, and I mean, in hindsight, it's literally everybody, although in double hindsight, I guess avoiding Watson may have not been so terrible for, you know, off the field reasons. But like the Jets at least got Jamal Adams, albeit a safety and not high value position, but who was a superstar. And then they traded for multiple first round picks like the ba- the Bears traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky, a much worse quarterback. The Jaguars took Leonard Fournette, a running back like there's many teams who are like identified as like the teams who failed to take Mahomes and Watson. And I would not say that the jets are one of them. So like the, the jets, 2017 pick was, was, was very good. Not as good as Patrick Mahomes or Watson, but like right. after that is good, you know, and miles Garrett. So very strange that, uh, that the, that he would wake up in the middle of the night screaming Watson. And you would think, Oh yes, it's because they didn't take you. Yeah. Mahomes was two picks ahead. Mahomes at the uh, time of this podcast was literally the reigning MVP and Super Bowl champion, I believe. Correct. Um, so. was that the case? In, yeah, I guess in 2019. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. And, and Watson was, you know, very good, but no Mahomes. So, yeah. But I, I, I guess they like the name Watson more. Yeah. Watson works better because also you got the Sherlock Holmes thing and like it could be something else. Yeah. Um, Larry uh, opines that Carl now is just the latest uh, in a series of many losses that the Jets have on their record. Yes. He then uh, notices uh, the handles on the coffin, which catch his eye. And she he wants to know, hey widow, do you know where the, uh, the the handles on the coffin that your husband is in came from? And because uh, you know I need them for the kitchen at Latte Larry's, and she tells him, well, you know, I'd like to first bury my husband, and then we could uh, look into the handles. Yeah, she's she's got a real great rep- repartee, this woman. Yeah, uh, Larry gets up to take a picture of the handles. So he he has them for the record, and then his uh, his Siri starts going off and uh, ruining the funeral. Okay, so we are driving in Lewis's car in the Bentley home from the funeral, and Larry's uh, feeling good about his prospects. He's saying, you know, I think uh, I know I detected a flicker of interest from the widow. She was very affectionate towards me. I think she might be interested. They, of course, think Larry's full of shit. Uh, Suddenly, he gets a text from Veronica thanking him for coming to the funeral and telling him she can't wait to see his coffee shop. Um, That's what the kids are calling it these days. Um, and they're like, oh, you got to wait like at least a week to respond. I was like, nah, I'm just going for it. No, and if she texts, you don't wait at all. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous advice. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Ted Danson will suggest that later. Larry's like, what, yeah. what, what the hell do I care? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, he, uh, he writes back saying he will take her out for a coffee or any meal of her choosing to which the, she responds. It's a date. And uh, Jeff and Lewis just can't believe it. They're uh, very uh, envious of Larry. 
All right, we are now going to head back to Teatos. Uh, let's see what we have in store there. Great. Benvenuto a Teatro. Hello. We have a beautiful table for you right by the window. Right, uh, Mr. David, how are you? I'm, I'm swell. Wonderful. Yeah, so uh, you were about to say? We have a beautiful table for you uh, right back there. You're about to see her over there. I, I, yes, but that's a table for one. Table for one? I, I don't get that. What's the difference between a table for one and a table for two? One person. That's so interesting. Yeah. All right, so I think I get the way it works here. If it's 50-50, one good-looking and one ugly, both go to the ugly. Is that how it works? Because in baseball, a tie goes to the runner. Here, a tie goes to the ugly. Mr. David, I really... I thought tie goes to the hetero. Yeah. (laughs) Is the argument that Rosie's uglier than Larry? And the ugly. Perhaps. Only Rosie O'Donnell. You're going to put this beautiful woman into that section is that what you're going to do she, she doesn't belong there yeah sure put me there i get it okay but come on larry a table anywhere is fine no no it's not fine it's not fine look what's going on over there take a look the table over here is really lovely i think you'll enjoy it please follow me oh my god if you ever do come back we have some beautiful tables <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a horror show. This is a fucking horror show. <laughs> How the fucking you do this? It's not fair. This is not fair. There's just so much expectation. Yeah, I do need to say, um, and I f- feel like I'm allowed to say this, like, Nick Kroll is an exceptionally ugly Jew. <laughs> I, um, I forget, he was on a roast once. James Franco, maybe I forget. And, and, and one of the re- roasters referred to him as like Hitler's stereotype of a Jew or something like that. <laughs> so there is something ironic about him being the arbiter of looks here. Yes. So. Okay, let's continue now. Well, sorry. Yes. Let me okay. interrupt my anti-Semitism. Too. No, no. Always bring the anti-Semitism. Patient <laughs> out in the world of how I'm right. supposed to grieve. Of course. The yeah. mourning process. Right. Okay. The way people are looking at me, how long is she going to be grieving for? It's none of their business. What people didn't know is that our relationship was pretty frayed by that point. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, we were living separate lives. Yeah. Amicable, but, mm-hmm. but separate lives. But I know what you mean about it. You know, there's unwritten rules about how a widow's supposed to die. You know, when I was a kid, I remember my turtle died. And I remember, oh, hey, that's too bad that, you know, the turtle, turtle died. And the little turtle, and my friends called me up and said, hey, we're going out, we're going to play punch ball. I said, you know what, I probably shouldn't, my turtle died. Then I'm sitting there thinking, geez, my friends are out there playing punch ball. You know, what am I doing? So after half hour, I just flushed it down the toilet and went out and played punch ball. So I know, I know how you feel. Yeah. Well, my condolences to your turtle. Yeah. What's the matter with your neck? What do you keep scratching over there? Got some kind of rash. Have you seen a doctor? I wanted to, but Dr. Winokur is my dermatologist, and he's not here right now. You should go see his son. <laughs> is his son a doctor? I never knew that. No. Isn't his son in high school? Yeah, but he's a senior. I mean, if you go, then I'll go. Yeah. I'll have him check it out. I'll set it up for you. What does that mean? If you go, then I'll go. What the? Fuck? I guess he meant that if if it was good enough for like if you if yeah. you used him, then I'll yeah. Fuck! Oh my god! Seeing Susie over there? <laughs> really? She's not seeing anybody right now. You think now. she'd yeah. be open? I think she. 
Oh. Uh, what are you doing here? As a matter of fact, we happen to be talking about Cheryl and the yeah. possibility of the two of us getting back together. No, I meant, what are you doing in this section? Why no, are you in this? You don't, don't belong even, in this section. Don't even start. You should with be with over there. Shit. Are the you kidding? The only reason I was over there the other day was because I was with you and oh. Fat Boy. Oh, you think you got seated here on your own? Yes. Huh? And had nothing to do with him, huh? Well, hey. he's hey. a handsome man. Yeah, well, you're yeah. on his coattails. That's why you're here. What are you doing here? I'm having lunch with, with Veronica Sachs. Oh, my God. God, Larry. Is that Carl who just died? The one who just died who killed himself over oh, the fucking jets. Larry. It's just a lunch. Come on. He died, what, like less than a week ago? Less than a week First ago. First of all, she shouldn't even be out of the fucking house. Oh, get out of here. She should be here. home in black, mourning and grieving. And you, that you would go after. I'm not going after. I'm not going after. Vulnerable. What makes you think she's not going after? She's not, not going, going after, after you. you. She I is because you got a lot of money, man. That's all she's doing it for. Good. Who cares? What do I care? I can't even fathom what depths of depravity would lead you to go after a recent, very recent widow. I have been given to understand that she has a magical vagina. A what? A magical vagina. That is the most inappropriate thing I have ever heard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just, just saying. When you say magical. <laughs> yeah. What's more about? See, that's very... <laughs> He's intrigued. Can you just give us a second? I really wish I could, <laughs> but Mr. David... I believe your table is waiting. But she gets to stay here. You're letting her stay here? This Miskite? Look at that face. Are you serious? I don't get what's going on here. I come in with a beautiful woman. I'm sitting over there. He comes in with her, and they sit here. This policy makes no sense. There is no policy, Mr. Dick. Oh, yeah, right. And I'm not a Miskite, you bald fuck. Um, okay. uh, Susie was very insistent that a widow has to mourn, has to be in black, can't be going out on dates, can't be going anywhere. I think this lends evidence to my argument last week that like the idea that she was planning on killing him was absolutely preposterous because she would never go on a vacation right after Jeff died. She would have right. gone through the motions of mourning. Yeah, and I think she would actually relish the, the, the morning, like because like yeah, sure. Jeff's out of the picture, everyone would be paying attention to her, bringing her stuff. You know, she she would love being a widow of a, of the fat fuck she doesn't really care about. Yeah. <laughs> so Larry heads into the bathroom, and he's followed in there by manager Nick Kroll, who tells him that he's just had a very bad bowl of burrata. And he really needs some privacy to uh, take care of his business. And Larry thinks this is very interesting that all of a sudden uh, the tables have been turned on this fellow who uh, doesn't enjoy going to the bathroom with a stranger in there. Yeah. Also weird, by the way, that the guy would be blaming the food from his own restaurant as a reason (laughs) for his illness. Yeah. Uh, Are you familiar with burrata? Uh, no, I had to look it up. It seems to be yeah. a type of cheese. An Italian cow milk cheese made from mozzarella and cream. The Ooh, outer casing milk. is solid cheese, while the inside contains stracciatella and cream, giving it an unusual soft texture. It is typical of Apulia. My so, uh, my older daughter um, used to call milk cow milk until she was like three years old. That's mm. what she's always referred to. Yes. Did you see noted Oscar-winning actor? Is this an Oscar winner? I forgot. Who? Oh, from Succession? Guy who glued himself to the Starbucks? Yeah, it's weird you would call him from Succession, though. Wasn't he in Succession? Yeah, but he's in like a million other things. James that's, Cromwell? Like, that's where I think of him most yeah. recently. Um, yeah, so James Cromwell uh, glued himself to a Starbucks counter to protest the fact they're charging more for, for non-cow milk than they are for cow milk, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, yes. 
Um, so Larry makes a deal that he will uh, exit the bathroom as long as A, he moves him to the good section of the restaurant, and B, he gets Harold his job back, but not his old job, a new job, not in this palace of shame. Mm. And he, of course, accepts because he needs to use the bathroom urgently, at which point Larry tells him that he was going to just leave anyway. He doesn't want to be there while he moves. You made a terrible deal, which is also true in reverse for Harold. Like, Harold could have taken the 20 bucks from Larry and then immediately come back in as soon as, like, Larry went into the stall. Because once you're in the stall with your pants around your ankles, yeah, right, you're not yeah, getting out. Yeah, you're, you're kind of compromised there. Yeah. Um, okay, so back over to Latte Larry's. Sam is telling Larry how much he likes the new handles. And Larry tells him that he got them from a coffin, uh, which uh, Sam finds pretty shocking. <laughs> Lewis uh, arrives outside uh, and parks, sounds, you know, hits the horn on his uh, Bentley. And Larry goes to see uh, to see Lewis, uh, but Lewis uh, doesn't know what he's doing. He, can't, he doesn't know how to open the door, uh, which Larry has to help him with. Uh, Lewis is very impressed, but says, look at you, Mr. Automotive Man. <laughs> a, uh, a burglar. It's weird, it's weird that Lewis doesn't know how to open the door of his car. <laughs> a, uh, a burglar then comes and uh, with a gun and tells him to roll down the window and give him all his money, um, to which Lewis does immediately. Uh, a burglar wearing a very strange mask. Yeah, he's wearing a Jets mask. Yeah. Oh, um, we don't see that part at first. Right, we don't see that right away. Um, he then wants him to pop the trunk so he can see if there's anything else in there. Of course, Lewis doesn't know how to pop the trunk. Uh, Larry has to show the robber how to do it. Yeah. Uh, Larry, of course, is very concerned that the the robber is going to take the golf clubs, which he so very much needs. Uh, so that so much that he's willing to risk his life and go uh, consult with the robber. And uh, he sees that he's wearing a Jets mask and they uh, commiserate and bond together over how uh, how horrible the Jets are and how much they've both uh, had their lives ruined by the Jets' misfortunes. The Jets have driven this man to a life of crime. Yes. Um, Sam, meanwhile, is uh, looking out the window, sees what's going on, and he calls the police, who immediately arrive. <laughs> <laughs> like, in 10 seconds, the cops are on the scene. Yeah. They're probably um, on standby anyways near Latte Larry's because they know that Larry and Mocha Joe are always about to fight. Right. They know there's always trouble brewing. Yeah. Um, Larry then uh, pulls out the club and he measures it and see that it's exactly straight in violation of the rules and goes over to Lewis and tells him he's got some explaining to do. Um, all right. We are now going to head over to Veronica's house. Uh, oh. I guess this is uh, our a second date, perhaps. Yep. Unless we count the funeral as the first date, then this might be a third date. Oh, that's true. And given where it's going, I guess it is the third date. Third date. Yeah, third date rules. Third date widow. All right. And uh, let's see how, how things go for Larry. Did you notice the tremendous tip I left? Did I, I notice? I filled it out right in front of you, hoping you'd see it. <laughs> huh? I liked it. You liked yeah. it, right? Sometimes I like a man to show off a little bit. Like yeah, that. I didn't do it for the waiter. I, I did it for you. Oh, thank you, Larry. So how's the whole grieving thing going are you oh. are you feeling widowy well i'm not feeling particularly widowy tonight oh that's so mm. interesting <laughs> hmm. oh, i like to hear that mm. very good yeah oh oh dear oh yeah i'm sorry larry yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> May he rest in peace. So the the two pictures that Larry can't uh, have sex in front of are George W. Bush and Carl. Yeah, Bobby Slayton, the, the Jets fan. Yeah. Is there anything else on your mind? Well, <laughs> no, Larry. No, no. One small thing. Oh a few God. days before, it's like a car crash. Carl died. Mm -hmm. We played golf, 
And yeah. uh, that was me and Jeff against Carl and Lewis. And I have found out subsequently mm -hmm. that Lewis was using an illegal putter. So, you know, I feel like that $500 that I gave Carl was, yeah. uh, was taken under false pretenses. Okay. Why are you telling me this? I just feel I'm owed that money. The man is dead. Yeah. He can't pay you back. Right, but... Are you asking me to pay you $500? No, 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 the, the estate. The estate is... Larry's a very expensive uh, gigolo. <laughs> is me, Larry. Huh. I don't know why you're asking this now. You know, I just feel like I was cheated out of a win, like in 2017. <laughs> oh, no, when, Larry. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins caught that ball, and then they said it wasn't a catch. So stupid. Cost the Jets the win. <sighs> The Jets? Yeah, they, they couldn't beat the Patriots. The fucking Jets, Larry? You come into this house and bring up the Jets? Do you know how much disappointment I have had to live with from the Jets? You've lived with disappointment? Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, You know Larry? what this team has done to me? I haven't enjoyed a football season since 1969. Maybe oh. 98 when Parcells was the coach for a year. Get out of here. That was good, too. But that's it. No, please, Larry, get out of here. Oh, literally? Get the fuck out, Larry. Literally. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, Safarian Jenkins didn't survive the recovery, Larry. Oh. He didn't survive oh. the ground so? on the recovery. So? You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, yeah, it's absolutely painful to see Larry about to gain access to magical vagina and ruining it at over five hundred dollars. Yeah. This is one of the most needless um, self uh, self owns yes. that Larry engages in in the entire series. I'd yes. say. especially since it's not even like Carl was cheating; like it was his partner was cheating. Like it's like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, um, I do love the reveal though of her actually being also a football expert. Right. Like as she walks out, that's phenomenal. Um, so she so they're arguing was it a catch? Was it first of all it was clearly a catch. The question is after the catch is a reach out. Can we can we look at the play and discuss it? Yeah, sure. Let's pull it up. All right. You have the link? I do. All right. Okay. So the context here is the Jets and the Patriots are both three and two. It's an October game, battling for first place. The Jets are losing 24-20 about midway through the fourth quarter. And uh, Josh McCown, the Jets quarterback, finds his tight end Austin Sperian Jenkins in the left flat. And he, and he at about the five-yard line, and he throws it to him. And let's see what happens. Yeah. In the backfield. McCown locates his tight end. Safarian Jenkins battling for the pylon. He's in. Touchdown, Jenkins. So it seems like he scores a touchdown is uh, yes. what the referees seem to be. The indicating. referee says, the announcer says, everybody They're says doing, touchdown. Yeah. Jets have taken a 26-24 lead. All right. So now let's see if we can... Yeah. So, so the ruling there, just for context, for those who aren't football experts, if you fumble the ball and it goes out of your of the opponent's end zone where you were about to score, the other team gets the ball on the twenty yard line. So it is yeah. the biggest possible reversal in the sport for a split second thing. So I, the refs yeah. are to deciding, me to me this is bar none the worst rule in all of professional sure, sports. Yes, it's a strange rule. But so basically, the ref is, is saying here. That Safarian Jenkins, before he crossed the goal line, fumbled the ball, 
and the ball went out of the end zone. That's that's the ruling here. Now now yeah. we have to see the replay and, and see if the announcers agree with this call. What a turn of events here. Tony Corrente looked at the replay. They've determined that Safarian Jenkins lost control of the football. And they're ruling it a fumble through the back of the end zone. I, I'm just trying to fully understand the call. He juggles it there and has it. And, and was across the goal line. He's got it there. Maintains possession there. Pylon goes down. Malcolm Butler with a heck of a job. It's an incomprehensible call. Moving the ball right there, but... Well, the ball does pop out Buying for like a split second, furniture. right? Yeah, no, the ball moves for the slightest moment. That's true. But if anything, you would say then he's down right outside the one because he bobbles it before he... Uh, he has to bobble it before he crosses the plane because once he crosses the plane, the moment he does, it's a touchdown. And if he crosses it before, if he bobbles it before he crosses the plane, it's only a touchback if he fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. Right. But, but I think they're saying, like, so still, I think they're saying that since he, the ball is basically then still on his arm, but like they're claiming he doesn't have possession yet. So then it's like the equivalent of the ball touching the pylon, right? Which would be a touchback is what is what they're claiming happened. Yeah, and it, it, to, it, to me, it, this it also, this, yes, it this is sense. just like exhibit one of like why instant replay in sports has become so maddeningly stupid where like i just wish we would go back to not even having it at all because like nobody wanted it to like find these things where it's like oh you know baseball we have all the time where like the runner's foot comes off the base for like a split second so now he's out it's like you want it so that like if the guy is like short at the one yard line and they called it a touchdown fine i hear that argument but this isn't an example of that because this the the ruling on review is wrong based on the review it is a touchdown it is yeah. an incorrect ruling. So I the guess. just screwed up, I think. But even if it's right, it's just like it's so like microscopically right that just like cut it like cut it out. Like no one wants this in the, in the game. Yeah. It's um it's just mind-boggling. But um as is Larry's behavior here, you know, again, he he has the deal sealed. We're about to get access to the inner sanctum of the magical vagina. Um <laughs> by the way, I, I called her a gold digger before for going from from us presumably very rich Carl to Rich LD, despite them not being particularly good looking. Jay Krakowski dated Mike Lindell, uh, right? The, the, the my pillow guy. Right, right, Allegedly, right. the only redeeming quality I could imagine for him is his money. So, yeah, maybe there's some truth there. I don't know. <laughs> I can take because she's not on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel pretty confident the Jets probably would have lost this game anyway. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you go up three with eight minutes to go against Brady and the Jets. You're probably not holding on for the win. Right. I mean, they lost by seven. So, like, you add that touchdown and they're tied in theory, assuming like that's how sports works. But. Yeah, they would have lost. They, they would find a different way to lose. Yeah. But I mean, this is the season where the Jets went five and 11. So I don't think that this game would have changed. You know, this was the turning point. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So they, they lose this one to drop to three and three. And then the rest of the season, they they go what they go two and, and, and nine. So, yeah, I guess the argument is if they win that game, everything changes. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Momentum. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Petty ended up starting three games in December. I don't even know Bryce Petty is. Um, yeah, I remember him. He's not good. Yeah, he was not good. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's much better than you and me, but he's not good relative to an NFL quarterback. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. In this right, in the scheme of things, he's very good at football. Yeah, there was an argument in one of my chats today about how tall Ryan Terrell is, and somebody said, Well, he's taller than everybody in this chat. Like, that's very helpful. If anyone in this <laughs> chat was gonna make the NBA. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, probably not. Was, was, were there any NBA players in the chat? Uh, no, there was not. Shock. There was none. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we head back over to Teatos for our final scene, and Larry and Jeff come in, and of course they are shown to the good section, that, which is now uh, Larry's arrangement. Uh, Larry uh, goes, you know, greets everyone as he walks in, goes over to different tables, telling everyone how uh, honored he is to now be sitting amongst them. Uh, the manager's like, you know, there's a lot of different restaurants in L.A. that you could patronize. Manager obviously is wrong. There's only, yeah, there's one, only restaurant one restaurant in L.A. Yeah. Uh, Larry tells him to get lost. And uh, Jeff and Larry are commenting on how refreshing it is to finally be sitting in the good section. Mm-hmm. Harold comes over to say hi and thanks, Larry, you know, for the new the new gig. Telling him and, how great and Nick Kroll tries are. to pause. Um, oh, no, not Harold. Sorry. That's when um, when Sam comes. He tries to keep him out for a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam then comes in yeah. and uh, Larry's like, he's with me. He's yeah. a good section. Like, I yeah. know. Oh, he's like, he's not a bad looking guy. He's, yeah, he's not a bad looking section. Yeah. Um, and he thanks Larry for recommending uh, Veronica to him and goes on to tell him about how uh, it necessitated giving her a full body examination. Mm. And he uh, examined all parts of her body from uh, head to toe. Now, I guess and... it's not a HIPAA violation if you're not a doctor, right? You're just a senior <laughs> high school. <laughs> right. I guess that's right. Um, and Larry says, did you say everything? And Sam says, he sure did. And there's only one word that comes to mind. Magical. And this isn't based on, you know, feeling it. This is based merely on sight. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really, uh, really uh, entranced here, much like yeah. Dan But very disturbing to find out that Veronica is a pedophile. He's a senior in high school. He could be six, seventeen. What's the age of consent in California? Yeah, I'm not sure, but he's probably like in her fifties or forties. Fifties? That's a hate crime. No, isn't she? How old is Jen Krakowski? Um, the oh, the age of consent is eighteen. All right, he's a senior in high school. You, get, you turn eighteen in your senior year of high school, so it's a border. Krakowski is fifty four now, so she was exactly fifty. Oh wow! Oh, well, she looks incredible for fifty. Then I'll say. Um, wait, hold on. So this is the fall of his senior year of high school because there's football games ongoing, right? When Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. <laughs> so yeah, so he's not a, he's probably 17 at the oldest. Yeah, she's a pedophile. <laughs> um, so, suddenly, so, someone tell Pillow Guy that. Suddenly, a man in the uh, ugly section begins to have a seizure, mm. and the manager screams out, "Is there a doctor? Is there anyone a doctor?" And Sam says, "I'm not, but my father is." And Larry looks over at Nick Kroll and shrugs. And yeah. our episode comes to an end. And that's because Nick Kroll says, is there a doctor? We need a doctor in the ugly section. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that's why Larry's, uh, right, right, you know, yeah. he's, he admits it, which always <laughs> reminds me of like um, when I was in, in an elementary school, we were tracked like there was a, um, you know, the kids all called it the smart class, and the dumb class. Of course, the teachers didn't. But once in a while, the teachers would let slip and use those words. And it was always highly enjoyable for us <laughs> when they did. Yes. <laughs> Saying the quiet part out loud. Um, yeah, it makes it a lot more uh, convenient when they just do that. Yeah. All right. What is your rating for this episode? Um, my rating for this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, very fun episode. You got the Wienerkers, you got the Jets, uh, you got the magical vagina. What's not to like? Mm, yeah. Um, you know, uh, our listener, our former listener, he never writes it anymore, Jared Jerome likes to make fun of me on Seinfeld that my, my big three, much like George's were uh, television, sex and food. They're minor sex, sports and Judaism. And we got all three in this episode. Of course, we have the magical China and we have the Jets and the football. 
And we have uh, a little bit of Judaism. Uh, the credits include a rabbi, which I, I assume is the officiant at the at the funeral. And we do hear the Kaddish being spoken at the funeral. So that's enough Judaism. We got the big three. Plus just uh, a doctor is Jewish, we assume. Yeah, the Wienerkers are Jewish. Well, everybody in the show is always Jewish. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is a phenomenal episode. I'm going to be, you're the one dragging down the average today because I'm going to say this episode was pretty, 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 pretty good. Four and a half. I rank it number 13 out of the 108 episodes that we have seen Very so nice. far. Very Just nice. Incredible episode for me. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. And let's get to uh, the come with guy or gal. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, not the doctor, Sam Wienoker. Um, he um, he stops crime in real time. He uh, He's just as trained as his father. And uh, he's one of the only two people that we're aware of that has gotten access to the magical vagina. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh uh, that is obviously where I'm going is the magical vagina. Veronica, she has a magical vagina. I, I just love her, her witty repartee. Like, let me bury my husband first, then I'll get you the contact. And also, she knows football, so she really is the perfect woman. Yeah. And uh, yes, I, I wish we could know more about that uh, magical vagina. But alas, as you said, much like the move in Seinfeld, we will never get the details that we so desperately yearn for. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, who's the fucking asshole here? The fucking asshole are the fucking Jets. <laughs> <laughs> for all the pain they've caused so many over the years. Yeah, this this one's going to be a consensus, actually. Look, Larry blows a shot at the magical vagina. The Wienerkers encourage non-doctors to give medical advice. Richard cheats at golf. Nick Kroll is ugly and yet punishes the ugly. He fires bathroom attendants for servicing the customers. He smarmily uses an overly dramatic Italian accent. But the Jets killed the guy. And as Larry said, probably more than one. So, yes, the New York Jets, they are the fucking assholes. And I guess the question is, are the Jets bigger assholes than Eileen Salatara? No, I mean, they don't say LOL. Yeah, that's true. All right, okay. <laughs> but yes, the New York Jets are the fucking assholes, according to both of us. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I would just stop with the Ted dance. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. We don't have anyone playing themselves in this episode new. We do have, of course, Nick Kroll and Jane Krakowski playing characters. So I guess that means it's time for the postman. It is. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a shanda, Larry! Larry David! You're a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! First up this week. We have a new uh, a new postman writer writing in about last week's episode. Um, Kerry Jacoby says, I thought you might want to know that there is an actual coffee warming cup called Ember, and it's mm. expensive. I work at home eight hours a day on the phone with very strict clock in and clock out times. I cannot go back into the kitchen to warm up my cooked off my cooled off coffee. I bought the cup to keep my beverages warm. It holds a drink of a temperature you choose. Considering that I use it every day, never accidentally burn myself on too hot coffee or put up with a drink that is lukewarm or cooled off, and the coffee is never bitter or burnt. It's the best thing I bought myself this year. Wow. I just found you a few months ago, and I'm now caught up on the pod. Thanks for helping me back get back Get by during another curb drought as we all wait to see if and when it's coming back. I'm looking at December on Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, and, and by the way, it's a, the coaster is, in fact, the uh, the the uh, charger as well. So it's exactly the thing from from curb. It's like one hundred and thirty bucks for this. Uh, oh, this that's motto. not so bad. One hundred and thirty. I mean, if it works as well as yeah. we are told, then yeah, maybe if it's you worth use it. it every day. It's worth one hundred thirty bucks. I yeah. Say. Mm. Okay. Um, it, looks okay. Ex- it looks exactly like the thing from Kerb. That's great. <laughs> they, they ripped it off. Another one of Larry's inventions. Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So, by the way, so, yeah. so she said that the Ember is the best thing that she got this year, but then she just learned about her podcast. So are we second best? Although she doesn't pay for us, I guess. So um, she doesn't pay for us. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Okay, Svi Raps writes in and says, starting the episode with Richard wearing a comically out of place Ohio State oh, hat and job, not addressing Steve. it cracked me up right off the bat. Can yeah. you imagine someone painting a room in their house the colors of a sports team that has done nothing <laughs> to but exploit them and let them down their entire lives? I thought I forgot we didn't mention that. Yes, the range of behavior. Now, to be fair, I did not paint the room those colors. The room the, the room arrived in those colors when we bought the house. But then you, based, you accented it to accentuate. Well, ba- yeah, based on those colors, I declared it to be a Mets room. Yes. And then decorated it with all, all sorts of Mets posters and memorabilia. Yes. Um, is this a record for most restaurant appearances in one episode? It, it might be. We, we spent a lot of time at the Four times. Yeah. Larry goes four times in what we know is the span of a week or so. I like that finally someone calls him out on this <laughs> lunacy. Yeah. How many times did they go to Tharagotha? Was that last week, two weeks ago? Um. A few, but a lot of those weren't even. That wasn't uh, for eating. Yeah, right, it wasn't to eat. It was just purposes. it was to harass him. Yeah. Yes. Um, multiverse theory: Is it possible that most things in the Curb universe are the same as ours? Seinfeld happened. The Jets are an abomination, etc. With a few major differences, the biggest being that HIPAA does not exist. It's huh. like so much, and I can't remember it being explicitly mentioned in the past. Maybe it just doesn't exist. Okay, that's fair. That could be. Yeah. Um, Although, as I, I said, I don't think it applies to uh, high school students who are just yeah. the children of doctors. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Fucking asshole of the week. Larry hypocritically using the restaurant bathroom to poop, getting the attendant fired, his behavior at the funeral, trying to and subsequently blowing the chance to see the magical vagina and publicly dissing Susie. All pale in comparison to the real fucking asshole of the week, the New York Times. Ah, okay. Not at all. I on my part. By the uh, way, I don't think you call Larry an asshole for the Herald thing because he got him his job back. Right. And he got an, he an upgrade. It. Yeah. He fixed it. Yeah. Um, Come with guy is Sam Wienicker, knows how to make a latte, gives out free medical advice, tries to save someone's <laughs> life, and is the only person who leaves the episode alive that's seen the magical vagina. True. Rating based on the episode title. I was not particularly looking forward to this one, but it was way funnier than I remembered it being. Four prettiest out of five. William Blake says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and maybe she's going after me. Come with Gal is Veronica. She was willing to sleep with Ugly Larry. <laughs> Fucking asshole is the restaurant manager. Kroll does smarm better than most. Four yes. pretties. I really like this episode. Anything with Nick Kroll is an automatic three or above. Mm, this episode is flying towards our uh, top 25 or so, I'd say. Yeah. Jim Crumley says the ugly section outkicked its coverage. It had many several out loud, several laugh out loud moments. The ugly section is concept is great, though it seems like Susie cheated the system a bit. She dressed down so much her first time to the restaurant and then went in with a conservative for her outfit when she went with Ted Danson. Four pretties out of five. Come with guy is the teenage dermatologist. He passed Larry's job interview and practiced medicine without a license. Quite the enterprising young man. Fucking asshole is the Jets. They got one guy to kill himself, <laughs> turned another to crime, and prevented a third from visiting a magic vagina. A pretty yeah. tough episode for the Green Plains. All right. Everybody hates the Jets. <laughs> um, Zach Brooks, uh, snagging hazards are the worst, especially in the days when we had to use wired headphones. Big Monday for Ed Begley Jr. First, he's Dr. Wheels Wienicker, and then I can watch him in Better Call Saul. Some of them ah. ended up at country clubs in both shows. Yeah, second reference of that episode on this episode. Nearly 11 seasons, and is this the first we've heard Larry mention the Jets? Wonder if he wishes they had Deshaun Watson now. Come with Guy is Nick Kroll for his ridiculous pronunciations. Honorable mention to the Jets room because it reminds me of Av's Mets room. Fucking asshole, all the doctors who sat back and watched the guy having a stroke. <laughs> so Jack is assuming that there are a bunch of doctors in the room. Do you remember, uh, by the way, the time that Larry David claims that he told the Jets to draft Lamar Jackson? Um, I remember hearing that. I don't know if that, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, here it is. Larry David says he told Jets GM to draft Lamar Jackson. 
So, um, yeah, yeah so they they should have put that in instead of Watson. It should have been yeah. Lamar. Lamar. I mean, I think Watson has like they can make the Holmes joke. Yeah, but yeah. The Jet stuff was funny, but kind of all over the place, without a good resolution. Why do people keep dying at the end of episodes? Two and a half stars. And finally, we oh, end it says off. here. Yes, yeah. he cold called Jets general manager Mike McCagnan in 2018. Yeah. That's a strong move. Just call up the GM and say, "By the way, this is Larry David." Trash Lamar. He was right, but yeah. And what did the, the what you've been doing for this organization for the last twenty years? Yes. <laughs> All right, and finally we end up with who, who, Owen who Allen. Did the Jets draft in two thousand eighteen. Let me take it. Take a quick gander. Yeah, the next year. Um, After oh, they took Sam Darnold. They took Darnold. Right. Well, they, here they already have Darnold, um, but that, they could have taken. They could have had it that they should have taken no, Jackson, Jackson over Darnold. Yes. yes. That was the same draft. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They want and and Jackson dropped all the way to 32, so they could have traded down. Got yeah. Jackson and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they wouldn't have had to deal with the mono. Bad job by the Jets. Yeah, it turns out the best, uh, the big, the best weeks of Sam Donald's Jets career were the weeks that he had mono. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we now end off with Olin Allen, who says Chester must be shocked. Someone would kill themselves over the Jets, considering how mid they are. Yeah. I feel I probably am more on offside and surprised there isn't a wave of suicide massacres related to the Jets every season. Yeah. I'm fully on board with Larry on the bathroom situation. Bathroom attendants are a real nuisance when you wish to be invisible, especially when the bladder gets weak and they effectively monitor you. Plus, you have to try to manage your change for a tip. Would be top of my list of reasons to leave a bar or restaurant. However, surely Larry would have grasped for this chance at the magic vagina before opening negotiation on the $500. The only thing he was more naive about was not being worthy of the ugly section. Rating is three and a half pretties. Come with guys and gals is the extras in the ugly section. In fairness, not that bad looking a group of people. Would have loved to have been an extra for that myself more than any other scene. Fucking asshole is Jeff trying to prevent Larry from making the moves on Ms. Krakowski just out of pure jealousy. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. So where does that give us as an overall episode rating? Yeah. So the audience uh, came out to a score of exactly 3.5, which is the, the audience's 41st ranked episode. Um, oh wait, one second. Am I wrong there? Yeah, for, for, it has to be lower than forty-one. Um, no, sorry, say I, I miscalculated slightly. It's actually a three point six, uh, which is a top forty episode. Oh, um, with my four and your four and a half, uh, that's going to double it up, or I guess cut it in half. It's going to be the twentieth th- ranked episode of the series uh, with an overall grade of four point zero three. Oh, nice. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. Right, well, next week, we have Elizabeth, Margaret, and Philip. And I have to be honest, based on the title, I remember nothing about this episode. Same. But it's rated a top 10 all-time curb episode by at least three different online sources. So wow. that is very strong praise. It is also John Hamm's debut on Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. So I remember that storyline. John Hamm is always. Oh, okay. I remember the episode now. Oh, okay. Yeah. John Hamm is yeah. always. Pretty, pretty, pretty.